0: Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 89. Today, I'm sitting down with Jessica Zweig, podcast host, author, CEO, and founder of Simply Be Agency. Jessica is a personal branding expert and one of the OG lifestyle bloggers who has transformed her relationship with herself, her money, and her business through the authentic work of Simply Being. Through our conversation, Jessica and I discovered we have more in common than just our initials. If you want to hear both of our raw and honest struggles and successes through the never-ending work of loving who we are, both personally and professionally, this is the episode for you. The truth is, we all engage in a daily battle to know that regardless of what we check off our to-do list each day, the people we influence and impress, or the money we make, that we are enough even when we are simply being who we were made to be. This is a special episode, you guys, and I hope you'll give it a listen. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes Magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in the moment reflections about how to live a life, build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Jessica, welcome to Zimmerman Podcast. I am so, so excited you're here with us. Jessica, we have the same name and same initials. I'm
1: so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. And we, um, for everyone listening, we tried to do this episode a few days ago. We had some technical difficulties, and so we're redoing it. But one of the things that we discovered the first time we talked, which I laughed so hard, was you go, hey, do people call you (laughs) (laughs) Jay-Z? And I was like, yes. Okay, so listen, for Zimmerman listeners who don't know about your business story and about you, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do, how you've ended up here, and what you're working on right now?
1: Of course. So I run a business called the Simply Be Agency. And we are a personal branding company located in Chicago, serving clients all around the world. We actually have client on every continent. Um, I've got a book coming out in uh, February called Be a No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And I've got a podcast and I've got a 12-person full-time team. And we work with amazing executives and entrepreneurs and helping them to build their platforms and really scale their, their message and their impact. But that's the story that, you know, you can you can Google me or look me up on Instagram and like see that, right? But what I would really love to share, you know, with your audience, because I think we, we just get so – we forget so easily the story behind the story or don't even see the story behind the story. And I couldn't effectively – be, you know, who I am today with this quote unquote success without the hard fought journey that has brought me here. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really clear that I, I, I want to not only share my truth story, but inspire hopefully other people to share theirs or to feel less alone on their journey towards their dreams or, or success or fulfillment and whatever that looks like to them. And so, I started my career as an entrepreneur at the wee age of 26 back in 2008. So I just gave away my age. I don't typically like to do that, but I'm older than I look and um, hanging on to that fact. And I was, you know, green as grass when I started my first business. It was a, it became a, the most popular online magazine in Chicago. It was called Cheeky. And it was an incredible chapter of my life. I ran that business for seven years. We grew our audience to a hundred thousand local readers, all organically. We covered nightlife, fashion, fitness, restaurants, arts and culture. We partnered with every single hotspot in the city. We were sponsored by major Fortune 500 brands. Like we we're kind of like the OG fashion and food blog back in the day, from like 2008 to 2014. Got onto social media at the very beginning of that that wild, wild west frontier when it was like just Facebook. And, and Twitter, and really learned the space, and and built this like massive platform that everyone thought was super sparkly, and everyone wanted to work with us and work for us and you know partner with us, and I was to be honest with you, Jessica, like the biggest nerd in high school, I was so bullied. I was never, just never fit in anywhere. So you can imagine the retribution that I felt in my late twenties to all of a sudden being this like cool girl in Chicago that had this ability to get into any nightclub I wanted whenever I wanted. Like there was a lot of ego driving me in that chapter of my life. And to boot, Uh, we were broke. (laughs) We had a very poor uh, revenue model. It was very cyclical, very feast or famine as far as like sponsorships and advertising from brands was concerned. I had a business partner at the time, which, you know, we were like sisters. There's, you know, a lot of love, a lot of hate got really toxic. And I was, I was toxic. Uh, I was partying six nights a week. I was, you know, running on Ego. I was suffering from anxiety and depression, and uh, getting physically sick. I had chronic autoimmune issues that started to form during that that seven year chapter. I was was in debt. We were seventy five thousand dollars in debt. In fact, by the end of that chapter, and it took a full on breakdown, reckoning, acknowledgement of my own responsibility. In this mess that I had somewhat created, and to own that I was in fact the opposite of authenticity, which is what I preach today, um, but I was totally out of alignment, not in integrity, not integrated in who I was representing myself to be in the in the public eyes, and who who I was really being in, inside and behind the scenes, and um, just made so many mistakes in that business. It was my first business. I was like I went to school for theater, then became an entrepreneur, so I knew nothing about technology about business. I learned everything as I, as I went along, like I truly, truly faked it till I made it. Um, but there was also a a lot of mistakes and failures along the way. And so I left cheeky in 2014. It was a terribly hard decision, but it was the right one. And that's the thing about hard, right decisions. Most of the time, they're not always the easiest. And I ended up, you know, walking away from that business and, uh, It was a crossroads moment for me because my business was me. And I think a lot of your listeners are probably entrepreneurs who, you know, run their own thing. And so it's like, they know that your business isn't, isn't separate from you. It's you, it is you. So how can you stop doing it? It's like cutting off your own arm and losing your entire identity. And that's the choice that I made. And it was, it was fascinating in a sense because, you know, it felt right and it was my spirit in many ways, a spiritual awakening. But what, what really sent me on the path of what I'm doing today was when I left Cheeky to start what I decided to call Simply Be Agency back then, one woman show, just me, consulting, wanted to just eat what I killed, lay low, and get some clients. I got clients overnight. Like I launched this business by the virtue of my own personal brand that I didn't even realize I had. I left cheeky, announced this on Facebook, one post and an email I sent to my network, BCCing a couple hundred people. And that was it. And within a a freaking week, I had five figures worth of client retainers and like a line out the door. And I had no idea that I even had this asset in myself and my name and my reputation, because remember everyone from the outside thought I was killing it. And yeah, I built this thing and it, and it was an asset and a, an expertise that I had had. And that was enough information for them, these prospective clients to just pick up the phone and call me instead of the other way around. And that was my aha moment on the power of a personal brand and that it can be the only marketing tool you ever really need because people want to do business with you. It didn't matter that I was no longer cheeky Jessica. They just wanted to work with Jessica. And that blew my like mind. So I decided to go deep on personal branding for myself and also for other people and take the digital marketing expertise, you could call it at that stage, running, running this magazine and apply it to people. And so this has really brought me, you know, here. But I've made the commitment, and that stage of my life, as I as I entered this this new business, to to tell the truth, to really own my story, I'm gonna get emotional, and to not be afraid of what people think, and to come clean about my my shadow. And that that was really what I believe sent me on this path of success because I started to attract more of my right clients and team and community because I was being honest, I was being myself. And, and that's to me, the secret sauce, if you will, of like a really authentic brand. Um, and I want to teach that to the, to the world. I want people to really know how to do this work effectively, but authentically. And that's what I teach in my business and my, my book that's, that's about to come out.
0: We are going to have so much to talk about. I, thank you so much for just laying that out there and opening up. And we need more people like you because I firmly believe that, especially as a female entrepreneur, listen, I'm all about us hustling and working hard and. I get it from a marketing standpoint on so many levels that we have to kind of put out some of our best stuff. You know, if I'm selling a program for two thousand dollars, you know, I can't really be like, "Well, I mean, I just, you know, I'm I'm gonna help you." And even, you've got to be able to put some things out there and be like, "This is what I've achieved, and this is what I've done, and this can help you." And and I get that wholeheartedly. But I think that there comes a time, and this has happened even in my own business, um, even with this podcast. When I very first started doing this podcast, my introduction said something about um, a seven figure business, Uh which while that is true, that I had a year where I made seven figures, I, I was starting to feel like when I would hear the intro, I would go, I felt almost kind of sick. Like I had like, Mm. is that misleading? It's a little misleading because it almost comes across, even though it says seven figure business, I think to some, it might come across as if I've got a million dollars in the bank, which that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like it, it costs a lot of money to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when you take that difference, you know, sometimes it's not even – the difference isn't even as much as when, you know, you spend a little to make a little. You know what I mean? I do. And I just had this change of heart where I was like, you know what? I'm not playing that game anymore. Like I I don't ever want to play games whatsoever, and I don't need to say things like that to get people to listen to me. And so I changed the intro, and it's just much more like – hey, this is me and we're going to talk about real life and we're going to talk about real problems. And it just felt right. And I just say all that to say that I definitely think that especially with social media and everything that we live in a world where we perhaps might follow a lot of female entrepreneurs and you might see that. And like I said, I believe some of it has its place. I do think a lot of it we're not seeing the whole picture. And I think I applaud you in so many ways for just going, you know what? I just want to be 100% truthful. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are craving connection. And man, they're going to – I would rather listen to someone who's so real giving me the full story than giving me, you know, the part of the story that looks shiny, Yes. I love this conversation. I think
1: it's so important for your audience to know. There's, there's a couple pieces to this, right? So we, I think at our core as human beings, just the way that we're wired, we have deep seated yearnings to belong and to be loved. Right. And so of course, we want to present that part of ourselves to the world that is lovable, right? That would want to be wanted to to be a part of someone else's tribe or to belong somewhere. But when we when we allow ourselves to open up our truth, which you know in my in my book, in my very first chapter, it's called Embrace Your Shit, and that is uh, on purpose because I, I wanted to write a personal branding book teaching people how to you know share their stories, put themselves out there, build their businesses, but starting with their vulnerability because I don't care if you're the CEO of a seven-figure company or a nine-figure company or you're the freaking janitor at the company of that CEO. We are all people. We are all human beings with dreams and fears and failures and triumphs and all, all of the mess that it is to be a human. And when we are willing to share that truth, in my view, two things happen. And, and by the way, our truth can include our light and our success as much as our, as our shadow and our shit. Two things happen when you do that super clearly. You repel people who are not with, with that vibe that, that aren't, aren't at that frequency or don't get it, which is cool. You, you can't be liked by everyone, or you will be like, I often say, if you're everything to everyone, you're nothing to no one. So take a stand. And when you take a stand, you're going to become polarizing. And that's a beautiful thing because you're going to repel. And the second thing is you're going to magnetize. You're going to attract more and more of the right people who get you, who get at that frequency, who see you for who you are because they see themselves in you. And To me, that's freeing as hell to think about, wow, if I am me fully and unapologetically and truly with owning my success, like the fact that you have a seven-figure business, Jessica, is a freaking inspirational, but it's also not all butterflies and roses. And you say that, and both of those things about you are inspiring, both of them equally. And so when you own, own it Again, there's going to be people. I think last time we connected, you mentioned like a friend of yours from the past, like from fourth grade, who was like, Yeah, I I don't get you anymore because you had reached a different level. You had up leveled. You had shifted. You had evolved. And there's such power in that. And a reminder to those listening who are afraid, you know, to be unliked, because again, we want to all belong and be loved, that it's okay to step forward into who you are because you will ultimately find the right belonging you will find the right true love whether it's in business or, or your personal life or your community and that's really what i want to encourage people you know to to
0: remember every, every day with with my work mm, it's such good work it's such good work yeah and just to go back for just a second the last time Jess and i talked we said i was just telling her i said you know i have this friend that i've had since fourth grade who i love and adore and um We had a conversation and she had said to me, you know, I had to stop following you on Instagram or I don't even think she said that part to me. She just, I noticed that she stopped following me on Instagram and I didn't say anything to her about it, but she had said to me at some point, I just felt like everything you were posting was inauthentic. And I remember thinking to myself, that's the most authentic I've ever been actually. And it was this really powerful shift for myself where it was almost as if, and listen, I don't mean what I'm about to say in any way to come across as like better than in any, in any way. What I mean is I visually saw almost like the two of us were in an egg and that I had hatched out of the egg and she was in the egg, which Maybe in the egg is exactly where she's supposed to be, right? Um, It was just the idea that she and I had for one another. I had outgrown that. And instead of sitting there and being defensive and being like, are you kidding? Like this and this, this all happened to me and this is real and this is the most authentic I've ever been. When you're finally brave enough to, you know, actually be vulnerable and share the real you, there are going to be people in your life who aren't comfortable with that. And that doesn't have anything to do with you. And that it, that was a moment where I just realized it was such a growth moment for me because I thought there's no, there's no reason for me to be, defend myself. There's zero reason for me to prove my authenticity here. I just see so clearly that I've outgrown her idea of who she, maybe even who she wants me to be. You know what I mean? And that has nothing to do with me and that that's okay. And it's funny because my best friend, she does not understand why she gets it, but she's like, I don't understand why you don't just like stand up and say something. Because in a lot of ways, I, I very, will, very much will stand up for myself. But in this way, I just, I, it was such a clear recognition of she's just never going to understand that, or at least not right now. And so it's, it's totally okay to be like, you know what, we are where we are, but I, I have to move on. And if you can't fully grasp that or see the good and the growth and all of that, like, that's okay. But I can't stay back here for you. Mm,
1: Snaps. (laughs) So good. So good. You, I mean, you said so much there that I want to pull apart, like, you know, Nothing to it's nothing to do with you. And it's so hard when we have these like intimate relationships that are in some way, you know, an enmeshment in our in our lives. And then they choose to uninsert themselves, they choose to to project a judgment, you know, make a comment like that, and to really see the forest from the trees, to zoom up, as I often say, look down at the situation and understand fully. That, that is not your story. It doesn't belong to you. It's them. And that's it, there's no judgment on that side. Like, bless and release. Like that is a that is really, really, really hard work and very important work for your audience to to hear in, in such a beautiful example of you. And also, you said the word brave at some point. And like, I just wanna really commend you and acknowledge that because it is so scary to choose to to up level and to to let go of people and things but also you know people cuz we're human we're all like relational that no longer are at your vibration that no longer serve you that no longer see you and not make them wrong for it that that is even braver that takes even more strength and wisdom and and yet it is such a necessary tool in the toolkit for you to grow and evolve as a as a person, as a spiritual being, as a, as a professional woman to really understand that that's par for the course. Like the more you up-level yourself, I say people are going to either vibe up or they're going to vibe out and it doesn't make them bad. It just makes them them and you stay focused on you. And to be frank, the more you go within Cause I often say like building your personal brand isn't an outside job. A lot of a lot of marketers talk about like your Instagram and your website and all the sparkly branding and logos, which yes, is important and we can talk about that. That's the dressing. But the real work of being your brand is an inside job, is really, really going in, doing the deep hard work to know who you are and who you are not and taking a stand. And a position. And you've clearly done that. I mean, look at what you've created, Jessica Zimmerman. You're like, you're a brand and you've got all of these amazing assets and artifacts of that, of that choice. Not, not the work that you've done per se, which yes, had lots to do with it. Like the time you took to write your book, like the dedication to this podcast, like those are all the tactics. But in my view, the reason you're successful and doing this thing is because you made the choice in yourself that you could and that you, it was you. And you gave yourself that permission. And that is the most, I think, inspiring part of, of watching women in the world like you and, and I, and a lot of women I follow and know as well, is that decision to really step forward into their truth and to not not say, I don't care what people think of me in a, in a negative or a um, you know confrontational way, but to really just in the most loving way, in fact, say, you know. I'm going to stop caring what people think of me so that I can be authentic to me. And I just think you've laid such a beautiful example in that.
0: Mm, Thank you for saying that. I think that, you know, it's interesting because I think that maybe there's someone listening who is going, man, like, what do I, what is that for me? Who am I? And what is my personal brand? Which first of all, I just want to say really quickly, and I've given this example before, but I became a believer in personal branding, and this is—I'm also gonna, you know, uh, give away my age here. But when newlyweds, that reality show was on MTV. It was with Jessica Simpson when she was married to Nick Lachey, and I remember listening to an interview of her father, Joe Simpson. And here was Jessica, and she had this beautiful voice, and she made these records, and they weren't selling. And he actually had this idea. He said, you know, if people could just get to know her, they would fall in love with her. And it isn't about the product. It's about the person. And then when people fall in love with the person, they want to support the product. And it's so interesting because I was young when that happened. I, I'm pretty sure I was a, t- a teen, 18, 19. I can't remember. But... um but i just remember being like that makes total sense to me it made so much sense to me and it's really really true i mean if you think of any anything that you purchase and you think of why you purchase it you know oftentimes it might be because of who endorses it and i think that being able to put yourself out there going back to the to the conversation of just, well, who am I and what do I do? And, you know, I think the first thing that you really have to do is you have to eliminate the noise. You know, I think when we consume so much, that's all we do all day. You know, we're consuming, um, emails, we're consuming social media, we're listening to podcasts, we're listening to the radio, we're watching TV. It's we're, you know, listening to music in the car. It's just consumption, consumption. I definitely think we have to have time where we're still and quiet um, to hear, you know, what it is that we're supposed to do. But I'm just going to give myself as an example. I remember when weddings just weren't feeling right anymore, and man, you you talked about earlier how doing the right thing isn't easy. And it isn't. And we hear that, you know, from the time we're a kid, you know, people, people will tell us like the right decision isn't always the easy one. And it's so true. And I remember, man, I had the best year I had ever had with weddings. Um, I had finally gotten to a place. I did, I did three weddings and made over half a million dollars on those weddings. And it was like, you're crazy to give this up. Like, you're crazy, but everything inside of me was like, this is no longer fun. This is no longer enjoyable. I think all the time about, you know, how to create a new system or how to help people with this or whatever. And that is not, I think so many times we take the safe route. It's like, well, but I don't really know what that entails. I know that I can do weddings and I know I can make money and I can provide for my family. So I'm just going to, Keep doing that. And I think that's when people get burnout. And I think that's when people start to get depressed. And I think that's when people start to get those autoimmune disorders, you know, like you're talking about, is when you are stuck in a place that is no longer serving you. I believe that your body is constantly telling you what you need to do next. But when we are not still enough to listen, I believe that we get stuck and that's what burnout is, is when you are literally stuck in an emotion. An emotion has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if we can't get through it, then we are going to continue feeling that way. And we've all felt burnout. And it's like, that is no way to live our lives at all.
1: No, 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 it's not. And I just, I mean, I think so many people feel burnout and are like nodding their heads probably listening to this because I think we've all, we go through waves of it. You know, it's not like burnouts, you burn out once and then you never burn out again. Like for me, at least it, it does rear its ugly head, you know, from time to time, but I, the, you, the, the stillness and getting quiet, like you mentioned that as part of the work to really, I heard Elizabeth Gilbert once say um, I saw her speak, like listen to the whispers before they become screams and the only way that you can really hear the whispers is if you slow the fuck down. And and if you don't slow down, people that your excuse me that your body is going to slow you down for you. You're going to crash. You're going to burn out. In fact, back in the cheeky chapter when I was running a million miles an hour, operating from ego, contracting the autoimmune diseases, while well, all the things, I uh, I had to have surgery on my sinuses, because I had nine sinus infections in the span of 12 months. And if anyone's listening and knows what that's like, it was, it was I was sick for the year, it was a hell. And I, I had, my sinuses were so in, impacted and inflamed that they couldn't drain, which is why I kept getting sick. So they had to put me under and basically slice open my face and open up my sinuses and like fix my nose. And it was horrible, <laughs> very intense surgery. And it, I was in recovery from that surgery. Okay. So your, your is far more intuitive than your mind. And my mind thought I would be back to work running cheeky in a few weeks. Well, a few weeks became two and a half months. And I had a full on nervous breakdown towards the end of that, that healing, because I was so uncomfortable sitting still. I went, I like basically went crazy. I was like, I, I had. Multiple breakdowns towards the end. And then one of the biggest breakdowns was really the catalyst where my inner voice, my whispers screamed at me saying, You need to change course. You're not in alignment. Like cheeky is actually not what you're meant to go back to do. You're meant to go do something that's more serving to what you really want and i couldn't even tell that cheeky wasn't really what i wanted because i was running so hard so fast running on fumes in that burnout phase for a while and i have this little tiny tattoo on my wrist which you can't see cuz we're we're on we're on this this call but if i would show it to you it's it says simply be on my on my wrist on my right wrist and it had been there for years and years just thought it was a cool saying and one day um one of those breakdowns in my healing i got I got that clarity and I looked down at my wrist and I I heard my higher self say, you need to leave cheeky and you need to go off and start something new and different. And it doesn't matter what you do with it, but you have to call it simply be because that's your reminder to always be in alignment with your truth, to know that your existence is enough. You don't have to push and prove that you are here to teach other people that in some shape or form. And that's the calling that I, that I, that I, you know, followed. And it was the hardest thing in the world. Like I had to hire a life coach. I had to hire an attorney. I went through a very nasty business divorce with my ex business partner. I again, had to announce to the world that I was basically cutting off my own identity, all the things I said, but it was to be honest, because I got still, still, still enough to hear my truth. And so I'm hoping that, you know, I would never wish a surgery and like that kind of breakdown on anyone, you can build in those micro moments in your day-to-day life to be with yourself, to sit still, whether it's taking a walk in nature, meditating, listening to music, journaling, like get inside of your heart out of your mind and into your body and to really feel and hear your truth. And, and, and that will be your guiding light. And I so, so relate to your story of your, your best year ever wedding planning, like And it not being what you really wanted, your truth was not in alignment. And alignment, I think really is the, the, the sauce to, to living this life that feels good. You know, it doesn't have to be sparkly on Instagram. Don't have to have millions of dollars in the bank. Does your life feel good? Does it feel like it's yours and not what the world is projecting onto you? I think those are such important questions to ask.
0: Absolutely. And gosh, I feel like I'm so glad I have your phone number. I feel like we're going to become new. um, I really do. Because there's so much that when you find someone who believes, you know, these core things um, that you also believe, I mean, it's just, you just want to hang on to that person. Sleeping with a Stranger is officially available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Since the book's launch, I've been amazed by how it's been received. From being named a bestseller by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble, to incredibly personal and touching reviews from my amazing readers. It's been such a wild journey. Here's one of my favorite reviews. I got the book in the mail today and finished it before going to bed. It's not that it was an easy read. It's just that I could not put it down. There were so many truth bombs that I could resonate with in my own life, but I will have to skim back through a second time to highlight them since I couldn't stop long enough to do so the first time. I don't remember the last time, if ever, I have wanted to read an entire book in one day, but this one I did. I can't wait to share this story with you. To get your copy Go to jessicazimmerman.com today or wherever books are sold. And to make sure you get all my upcoming book tour updates, join the newsletter list now. In my book, Sleeping with a Stranger, we're about to get real honest. Um, It talks about exactly what you were saying about how if you don't take the time to stop, like your body is going to stop you. And um, just like what happens out of that. And one of the examples that I give is my husband who had gone to college and gotten his master's degree and taken the series seven and spent a decade in uh, finance, you know, to be this financial advisor, everything in his, his body, soul, mind was saying, you do not belong here. But he wouldn't stop because to him that felt irresponsible. That felt, um, why would I have spent this money getting this education and these tests and all the time studying if I'm not going to do it? And I think one of the biggest lessons that he and I both learned during that time is that you develop skills along the way that you are going to take with you in the next chapter, we, I don't really think, maybe for some people, maybe there's a few people out there that were really meant to know exactly what they're going to do at 18, go to school, get that degree, uh, become that doctor, and be that doctor, that attorney, or what, you know, that, that CPA, whatever, until they retire and that. Is exactly what they want to do, and that makes them happy. And to, for those people, I say congratulations. I think that's incredible. <laughs> um, but I think the vast majority of us are meant to gather skills, take those skills with us to a new chapter, gather some more skills, and continue to build almost this this incredible toolbox that's just leading us to our kind of our ultimate um, destination. And I think when we finally can look at it through that lens, that's a lot more freeing. Like that, that enables us to go, okay, so I'm not a failure. If I quit doing weddings, people aren't going to look at me and think I'm a failure. I just learned some incredible skills doing that. And now I'm taking that with me on my next journey. I mean, for me to go from, you know, doing rentals to doing florals to doing wedding planning to then writing a program that teaches people in the wedding industry how to make money to then writing additional programs to then writing a memoir to you know mm. what I mean? Like those it, all of those tools that I gathered in each phase led me ultimately to writing that memoir. And what I want to talk about for just a second about how scary that can be sometimes and how we do have to take the time to just go, okay, I got to be real quiet. And I got to just, who is my authentic self today? Because who I am today is different than who I was two years ago. And even last year, I mean, last year, I was balls to the walls. I mean, just writing that book and getting it published. And right now it's interesting because just yesterday I had this moment where I had to say to myself, Jessica, it's okay. Like it is okay. You don't have to push and prove. You can just enjoy this journey and share just your travel vlog. And that is it. Because I had told myself Mm -hmm. and my team that we would blog five days a week. We would continue to just get content out five days a week. We would pin it because that's the only way this year that we're going to make money is if we continue to grow our audience and we sell the programs that are already existing. And I had this moment where this week I I just, I kind of broke down and I was like, I can't do all of that and enjoy this journey. And I and I just kept hearing the word over and over again in my mind go just surrender. Just surrender. Like what is the only thing you want to be doing right now? The only thing I want to be doing right now is traveling with my family, documenting it and sharing that. Okay. Just do that. And that is scary. And that is, you know, to go from, okay, so now we're going to go from sharing five days a week to maybe two. Like, is that okay? Am I going to still, you know, grow this audience? And But what's interesting is once I finally said that out loud and I said that to my team, my shoulders, like my body literally felt lighter. And that is a physical sign to me that my body knows better than my mind. And that that is what I'm supposed to do. This just happened yesterday.
1: Well, bravo, girl, that's huge. And I I just got to, I got to say, I think my estimation is going to, is a you with that shift in your, in your vibration and your surrender, you're actually going to expand more professionally, personally, financially, spiritually, because you're, you're stepping not back in a sense of like a physical step back. You're stepping back internally with, with more sovereignty and with more confidence and groundedness that I believe can only really be the place that you must be in, in order to manifest instead of push, push, push and go, go, go. And like, Hey, look, I am a type, a control freak. And I am like, a hustler. And my word for 2021 is flow. I have a few words, but flow is like my favorite and it's and it's practicing exactly what you just described is surrendering, trusting, zero resistance, really allowing, allowance. Like that to me is this whole new side to living a big life. Like really letting it be and not needing to Push So hard. In fact, the opposite is the energy that I think really will ultimately create what I truly want versus grinding away at it. And, and, and that is a a practice that I declared, uh, right at the beginning of the year, in fact, and (laughs) it was one, one day into 2021. And I actually got some, um, some news that there was going to be a major shift in my staff and, um, I heard it in my in my higher self because I I do a lot of spiritual work. So now my higher self talks to me like all day every day, and it was it was a it was a it was a big update. I kind of had a feeling, you know, this person was going to leave, and in a way, I I wanted them to, but it was it was also kind of complicated, and I didn't I didn't want to have to make the first move for for lack of a better word. So she did, which was which was a, which was shocking in the moment to hear to some degree. But I heard myself, I heard my higher voice say in the moment, literally, this is happening for you, not to you. And I was just like, all good. Okay, let's go. Yep. This is, this is meant to be. Yep. And so I just, I it sound, I it sounds. I'm really glad I have your phone number too. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> you and I are, and my husband is a financial advisor too, by the way, and like Crazy. has been on such a journey with his career. Crazy. Same initials, all the things. Like we are in, I think, energetically so, so connected. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I love everything that you were just saying. And I just, for for those of you who are listening, I want to just take a minute because if you are in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I do feel that burnout. I do feel like I don't, but I don't know who my authentic self is. And can we just talk for a second about how do we know? When we are living in a place of ego, how do we know when we are living the opposite of authenticity and how do you begin to take responsibility for the mess that you've created? Because where we, that's, that's, I think one of the hardest, biggest first steps is to really recognize where I am today is 100% because I created this. I created exactly where I am today. I don't have anyone to blame except myself. And so how do we take responsibility? How do we begin to I don't know if you've read, if you've read the book, the beautiful no by Sherry Salada. you guys, I Mm-mm. did a podcast episode with her not too long ago. You got to go back and check it out. But her, that is all about, she was a producer for Oprah, like the producer. Uh,
1: wow. Producer. Oh yeah. I've heard of her. And about yeah. how
0: she finally had to, had to say, okay, I'm done. Like I'm done. This doesn't feel right anymore. And how that's the hardest you know that's the hardest no but it's also the beautiful no because it leads you to where you're supposed to be how do we begin to go how do I get out of this mess I created and how do I start to live authentically and how do I recognize that maybe I am living in a place of ego and how do I get out of that
1: Mm. oh my gosh so 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 good so the ego isn't a bad, like a necessarily a bad, horrible thing, right? It's, we need it. It's our, sense of, it's our sense of self. That's part of the human experience. But our ego, when, it, when, it, when we are coming from an unconscious place of wound, fear, hurt, we tend to overcompensate with our egos and operate from them to mask something that is not yet healed fully in us. And so I would I would say the first true step to be frank and like being your authentic self, being your brand, building that that message, um, really like I said, goes going within. And and sometimes you need a bit of help. Uh, for me, some of the best money and time and resources I've ever spent is on therapy and coaches. And I've gone to retreats and masterminds that I've really um, been transformational to, to really hold a mirror up to my own ego, to my own shadow. I don't know if you've ever heard of the drama triangle. Have you ever heard
0: of the drama triangle? No, uh-uh, I've never heard of that.
1: Okay. So the drama triangle consists of three archetypes. Think of it like the metaphor of Cinderella. Okay. The victim, Cinderella, the persecutor, the, fairy, the, the uh, evil stepmother, and the martyr, the fairy godmother. So the victim is like... Woe is me! Every everything's happening to me. Life sucks. It's, it's you know it's everyone else's fault. That's the victim. The persecutor is you know on the attack, really, really operating from the ego, like is persecuting people from their own their own anger and their own fear and their own shit. The martyr also from ego. I'm going to save everybody. doesn't matter about me. I'm, I'm the, I'm the good one. I'm the fairy godmother. I'm, I'm going to save the, the world and sacrifice myself on behalf of you. That's the martyr, right? And the drama triangle, when you empower yourself, when you step out of your ego, when you take claim and full responsibility, you know, the word and the notion of responsibility was news to me up until a couple of years ago when I was operating from ego, it was like, Holy crap, my whole life, the good, the bad, the ugly, is my responsibility. I am responsible for all of it. I created it. I, I certainly co-created it with people, or totally created it myself. But I played a role. When you when you claim responsibility, you bust the triangle. You bu- you no longer fall into any of those archetypes. You are fully empowered, and that to me is like the real first step in living authentically and owning both your your good and your bad, your shame and your, your glory, like all of it. And then once you have come to a place where you can like own it and see yourself, and by the way, it's not a destination. That's the journey. That's a daily practice. And you can say to yourself, okay, how can I come from a place of service and love? How can I use my empowerment? How can I use my learnings and my responsibility to help other people? That to me is the most authentic thing we can do is is to be in service. And to be in service doesn't mean to like start a life coaching business maybe, or stand on a stage and preach. Being in service is just how do you help people in your business? How do you use your unique gifts that belong to you and to you alone to help another human being on the planet in your own unique way? That's it. That's service. And when you are sort of navigating ego versus authenticity, check in with yourself, Am I playing a, a role of victim, persecutor, martyr here, or am I not? Am I coming f- from my heart? Does this feel loving? And is this in service? And once you've aligned to that, that, that place, at least, I hope people then come from, that's your come from, right? When, it, when you start to build your message, when you start to build your platform, when you start to build your business and your Instagram content, like all of it, are you, are you coming from that place? And, and that to me is is the real work it's it really requires i i believe some mirrors you know to really tell you the truth about yourself and and lean into to support it's been instrumental at least to me
0: If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to Zimmerman com slash know your numbers. That's Zimmerman podcast.com slash know your numbers. What I was thinking when you were saying that is, again, the only thing I know how to do is is to help share my own story within that. And maybe this will help someone listening to kind of start to recognize their own authenticity is for me, I remember when I stopped doing weddings and I just remember thinking, you know, ever since I can remember, because my sister died when I was little, I remember thinking all i want is to be able to live the life that i want to live and be able to support my family to do so and i never had a dream of becoming a wedding planner i never had a dream of helping people with their weddings and and i remember when i was able to get to a point where i was only doing three weddings a year i was like but i've kind of done my dream because I'm not having to work all the time and I'm able to live my dream life, which at the time was just spending as much time with my family as possible. And then it became clear that I didn't like weddings just did not feel right. And then it was like, how do I help other people live their dream life? And that's where the programs came in. And then it was Okay, I really want to be honest and truthful about what's been going on with me. So that's where the book came in, and then even now, it's almost an example of because I've thought because we all do this. It's not like why I wake up and go, I know exactly what to do this year. I'm going to share my travel videos, and that's what I'm doing. That's not how it works, you know. I, I, you, you question it, and you go, Do other people want to see this? Do I, do I want people to see? my whole family. Cause it's really just kind of in me and now I'm exposing them. Like, and then it's like, no, this totally aligns because I have been my whole life all about being able to support yourself financially, but being able to live your life and and support and fund your dream life, whatever that is. And this is a visual example of that. And that's when that, and, and that even kind of clicked an aha with me yesterday when I was like, these other blogs that were, you know, that I'm trying to crank out, that's not in line with what I want to share, what I want to, how I want to serve. And I don't think of it that way when I wake up in the morning, I am serving people through sharing this travel video. Like I it's, No, I don't think of it that way, but I do think maybe somebody will watch that who is stuck in a place that, man, they don't want to be in. And they will have the courage to go, you know what? I'm going to live my dream. Like I'm going to take the first step because we are so visual these days and we need to have that. And then I want to have those memories for my family. So it's kind of a win-win. I don't know. I don't know if that any of that made sense or if that was helpful at all, but it just it totally was. Okay, Good. Yeah.
1: I mean, what I want to take away from that, what I think your audience can too, is like, I don't know, a lot of people feel like they they need to be at a certain place of experience or success to teach and be that person to lead and be in service. And like you and I are just like two relatively young women, like on the path, like trying to figure out ourselves and we're brave enough to share it with other people and conscious enough to do it, I think with responsibility, but that anyone can, anyone can take a look at, you know, women they admire in the world and, and say like, that's me. I, I can be that for other women too. And I just, I think there's such power in your, in the, in the true na- natural succession of your journey and how everything sort of unfolded and it built upon itself. And you, you know, you got the call, like wedding wasn't your space anymore. And you moved into this new space and just took it one step at a time, but continued to stay authentic, kind of back to what we said at the beginning of our call. I loved your analogy of the chick in the egg, like you hatched, like Mm -hmm. you hatched. And that's, that's a gorgeous thing. And then with it, you've created this platform to help other women.
0: It's like, It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated, but it also, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it does take a shit ton of bravery and a a bit of self-confidence. And like you said at the beginning, that is only really done, I mean, at least for me, with a lot of therapy And a lot of working on myself and why do I feel the way I feel about things? And, um, and also, you know, a a firm belief that no matter what, I'm going to be okay. And really fear is there, but not letting it control the decision. And cause somebody hearing that might go, well, great for you you had a voice that said, stop doing weddings. So you stopped. Everyone has a voice. you got to be still enough to listen to it. And then you have to be confident enough in yourself to know that even if stepping away or trying something new or so, even if that fails miserably, it's not really a failure. That it, you learned something that's going to take you to the next level. And That is really scary and really hard for a lot of people to do. And I think that it all kind of starts with that inner work, like you were saying. It's not about the website and the Pinterest and the, it's not, it is the inner work. It is not like somebody said, It's not like I had these super clear things that were like, okay, this year you will share this next year in 2019, you're going to start writing a book in 2020, you're going to have your podcast in 2021. You're going to travel. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I was going to be traveling this time last year. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. You've got to just really be in tune with yourself. And that is step one. And then another thing that I really would love to just kind of hear your thoughts on, I really think at the end of the day, and I have to remind myself of this. And again, I had to do it yesterday. Um, So it's actually probably good that we had our... um, Yeah, everything (laughs) is divine, like I said. Tech difficulties so that, you know, we would have this stuff to talk about. But it's interesting because I think... We all just want to know that we matter. And I think, you know, for me, when my sister died and I grew up, even though I was a second born child, the world saw me as an only child. And I was told all the time that I was a spoiled little girl, even though I wasn't. Like my dad worked three jobs at once, you know what I mean? To like provide for us. And, um, but there was just that stereotype that if I was an only child, I must be spoiled or um, because my mom didn't work that I was going to grow up and marry some man to take care of me and not work. And I think there's always been this part of me that has felt the need to prove that I am good on my own, that I can do this. And even to this day, And I battle with it to this day. Um, And that's because we all want to matter. And sometimes what I do is I will hide myself, Jessica Zimmerman, behind my business. So if my business does well, if my business matters, then I must matter, you know? And I had this kind of, like I said, this little breakdown this week, because my book Sleeping with a Stranger has been, and I've I've never shared this, I've never shared this before, but it has been considered for a couple of book clubs, um, great, great book clubs. But every month I just get a, you know, like, it's still in the running, we're still considering it. And it almost is like, a toy with my emotions. You know, it's like just say yes or no. Say it's good or say it isn't. You know what I mean? And and um and there's part of me that's like, "Man, if it were in that book club, then that would prove that my work was good. That my book was good if it had that seal on the cover that said that book club like that means then that means it's good. And I had to really sit with my husband yesterday and go, how does that change me? Like whether that seal gets on there or it doesn't, that doesn't change me in any way. Like I matter whether anyone reads that book or not. And that is hard. And I have to remind myself of that because I do come from a place sometimes where I think – okay you've got to just surrender like you have to surrender that because you matter whether anyone else reads your book or not like it you if your business does well or your book does well that it doesn't make a make a difference on you as a human being and i do operate from that place sometimes and i think a lot of people do and i th- i don't think we really I talk do about too. That enough
1: Oh my God. I, I really feel like we're the same exact person. (laughs) Like, like really like my whole, you know, it's funny. Like, I feel like we are here to teach what we are here to learn ourselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm here teaching simply being, and it's like, yet I feel like so much of my value and my worth is tied to my doing you know? And like, if, if that, that was, that's been a a recurring pattern of, you know, the business is my identity and without the business, who am I and what's my value. And if I don't have this successful business that matters, do I matter? Like all of the things you're saying, it's like a constant, constant journey. And I just love that you shared that and opened up about that because I think every single person on the planet can relate to that. And it's, it's really the, the the hardest, so I keep saying it's the inner, it's the inside job. It's the inner work that really, really allows the outer work to connect and to thrive. You've got to do that. You've got to get that honest with yourself. And so thank you for getting that honest, you know, with me and on your show. I, I, I think that's such a powerful thing for your audience to, to hear.
0: Mm, you're welcome. You're so welcome. Okay. I have a quick question. So you have a book coming out, be an, a no bullshit guide to increasing your self worth and net worth by simply being yourself. I've written a program. It's called Know Your Numbers and it's all about the intersection between figuring out your finances and funding your dream life. So I love that your book is about loving yourself and building wealth. I think people forget that those are connected. Like, how often do you see that? Why do you think they're connected? Why is wealth? tangled up with, with worth?
1: Well, it's really funny to ask that question because the book has self-worth to net worth. And yet I don't really even talk about money in the book. I it's, it's somewhat of a misnomer. And I did that on purpose. Net worth equals, it can mean revenue dollars in your bank account for sure. But net worth is also freedom. It's abundance mindset. It's your, your level of joy um you know your the the richness of your community like net worth is a, is a, is a feeling and and yet they're inextricably in, in intrinsically linked net worth and self-worth you i say in my book self-worth is the cause net worth is the effect so you have to have this sense that you are deserving that you are truly deserving of wait, wait, wait. The, that the joy is that good.
0: good say it again <sighs>
1: self-worth is the cause net worth is the effect so you have to start with self-worth thank you i hope that's like quoted somewhere on like a meme on instagram a million times and i get credit for it because i wrote it (laughs) but it's, it's the truth like we have it backwards and and we want it we want the the shiny penny but like we're the shiny penny like I'm, I'm the whole freaking piggy bank. Like that's the feeling, that's the energy that you have to choose. It's not like I, I'm, I'm, I checked it off and I'm good. And now I know that I'm the piggy bank. No, like it is a daily practice of micro actions, choices, words, decisions that allow you to vibrate. I'm just going to go back to that, that the frequency of, of, of deservingness and not not cockiness, not overconfidence, just like the sense of deservingness. Like I have, I have, you know, worked my butt off. I have paid my dues. I've been through this journey, whatever it is for you, but like really owning that you are worthy of being seen, of getting what you want, like being loved, you are worthy, period, end of story. You have to come to that decision first. And then only can you attract the rest of it, you know? Right.
0: Oh, so true. So, so true. And do you think that, because I fully believe that especially women struggle with their desires, meaning that in their head, they might be going, man, I really would love to have, I don't know, it could be a house or a trip or, um, you know, whatever it is. And then they feel guilty. Like, well, I I shouldn't want those things or whatever. And I, I think it's okay. Like, it's okay to want more out of your life. And it doesn't always mean that it's a physical thing. I think sometimes what we actually are doing is when we say, if someone says, I wish I had this home, what they're really saying is, I wish I had a life where I... Like, cause what does that home represent? That home probably represents that you're financially stable, that you're okay, that you're, you know, you have an, you have a feeling behind that thing. And that's what I think we have to stop and do is what's that feeling I'm chasing. And that is, that's, that's okay. Like it's okay to desire that feeling. It's okay to desire financial contentment. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Totally. Like money is just an, it's an energy. It's, it's all it is. And oh my gosh. Say it again. <laughs> money is energy. It's, it's an, it's an energy in the world and and it's an exchange of energy and we, m- money isn't the like true artifact of what makes you valuable in this world. Your claiming of your value is what makes you valuable in this world and you're and the money is a just simple reflection of, of that energy that you have embodied. And we feel like, you know, I'll tell you a really quick story about money. Okay. So I was charging, I was running my agency. I was the first, you know, a few months of my my bi- first year of my business. And I, w- I, hired a sales coach kind of back to this idea of like hire people to help you when you can. And I, I was charging about two to $3,000 a month, right. In my retainer. And I was on this coaching call with her and she said, how much do you really want to charge? And I said, well, honestly, I don't know. I think like it would be great to do 7,500 a month. And I-, I literally said those numbers and I almost barfed. Like I almost like choked up barf in my mouth. Cause it was so scary to like, Say it out loud, like that's how intimidated I was by my own power and success and earning. And she was like, "Take that number, put it on a post-it note, stick it on your laptop, look at it every day." And I was like, "Okay." So I did. A couple of weeks later, I'm on a sales call with a prospective client, and he we were kind ne- of negotiating with selling him. And he asked me, "So, what do you charge? What's your retainer?" And I just said seventy five hundred dollars. It was looking at me. It was that sticky note. I literally just like got the balls and I said it. And he goes, cool, awesome. Let's, let's do it. I'll send me a contract. And it was like, in an instant, my, not only did my market value raise on my business, like based on the sheer number, but my inherent sense of worth increased, my inherent sense of deservingness increased. And it was, and also the perception of my value increased, like Think about it. Like if someone's going to charge you five hundred dollars for a product or their time or a service versus five thousand, there's an insinuation of value. It's like, oh, I, I'm this is worth it because it's expensive, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, I as the client, I'm, i gonna, I'm gonna show up with my back straight and, and invest and take this seriously too because I'm spending the money. And then you as the service provider or whatever, the one charging that amount you show up with a different energy and the frequency because money is energy is equal it's it's a match but when you undersell yourself when you undervalue yourself and you work extra hard to prove yourself because you don't feel that deservingness the energetics are off and those energetics will will burn you out going back to what we said earlier that's that's what happens so self worth to net worth is a, is really The journey that I take people through in my book
0: in a multitude of ways. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Everybody has to get the book. Can you tell us where and when we can get it?
1: Yeah, you're so kind. It is um, called B, B E period, simple, easy name to remember. And the subline is a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, support your local bookstores, wherever you can find a book nationally at least it's sold right now and it comes out february 16th
0: that's incredible congratulations that's quite a feat so congratulations that's that's amazing this has been such a great conversation i can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing and for being so gracious and allowing me space to share um you've just been wonderful
1: This has been amazing. This is one of my favorite podcasts I've I've ever done. You're just was such a delicious conversation, so deep, so authentic. You're an amazing conversationalist and I I love you. Like I wanna be your friend. You you and I
0: are like so similar. It's amazing. Thank you. Um I feel I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. Okay, so I have a question that I like to end all the podcasts with. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. So I like to ask if you had Oprah's money, so like a billion dollars what is one selfish thing that you would do with it?
1: Oh my gosh. I would, um, well, can I answer that two part question? Cause the second, the second you answer, you started going there, I was like going where I want to give it away and how I want to like buy my parents a house and a, a bunch of stuff. But selfish, selfishly, I would build myself my dream home in Costa Rica. Cause that's really where I want to end up and my favorite place in the world. And, if I can have a second part answer to that, I would. Just, I would, with a billion dollars, I would uh, invest in a- animal shelters across the world in low low income, um, you know, third world countries where where dogs and cats are just on the streets and um, take them all in and and give them love and give them homes. That's really, really honestly, what I would do. Oh, those
0: are good answers. I like it. That's so good. <laughs> okay, so tell everybody where we can find you.
1: Uh, you can find me at jessicasweig.com. You can find me at jessicasweig on Instagram. Check out my business, simplytheagency.com and you know, shoot me a message. I'm on, I'm on all of the things, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn.
0: You can't, you can't miss me. You need to find me. I'm easy to find. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Thank you again so much for being here.
1: Oh my gosh, Jessica, thank you for having me and for making this possible and all of the the tech glitches and and reschedules. Like this was worth it. And I am so, so grateful that you brought me onto your show and have introduced me to your community. I I do not take it lightly. And
0: this was just a joy. Thank you. Well, I hope you were taking notes because I know I sure was. My conversation with Jessica was so helpful to me personally, and an unexpected time where I could share the feelings of inadequacy and I need to earn this attitude that I still struggle with, even after almost 10 years as a business owner. If you're right there with both Jessica and I, I hope you feel less alone and that you have the permission you need to value yourself, even when you're simply being. Make sure you check out Jessica's book, Be. A No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. I know I'll be reading it. Thanks for listening along today's Zimmerman Podcast family. I'll see you next time.